All right, I want you to listen to me right now. I want you to listen to what I got to say. I want you to hear me and hear me well. I said God <laughs> is good. I said God is good. When I look around this room tonight and I see all your beautiful faces, I know that God is good. Oh, um, hail Satan. <laughs> Blaspheme. Blasphemer. All right. Well, we are at the end of August. Thank you for everybody who listened. We are donating $100 to Teagliff. That's right. Because God is good. <laughs> because you, our listeners, are good. Thank you very much to all of you. We really, really appreciate it. And hopefully, I imagine, so will Teagliff. Yes. Uh, we also would like to apologize for the cats. David said while he was editing, he realized that we are cat deaf. <laughs> they were apparently going absolutely crazy. Somebody must have got in with a catnip or something. They're going nuts in this episode. And I cut out as much as I could, but they're doing it like while we were talking. And I could not get any of that. So they are... They're, they're pretty brutal, and we apologize. Yes, here is a slight update on just how much they tear around this house. I took Moses in for his annual checkup. He is fine. But they pointed out that he had rubbed some little areas on his legs, <laughs> and she said, I think this is probably because of the carpet. I said, oh, yes. <laughs> he just runs and does zoomies. Constantly. Every day. I guess not constantly, because he's completely conked out right now it was a rough time at the vet he was very scared Aww. and now he's okay and sleeping but yeah he does zoomies so much across the carpet that he's worn little patches <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh as an apology for the cats we should tweet out some pictures of the cats yes okay yeah. i will tweet out some pictures today yeah so there you go guys look at some Nice looking cats. They did that an another time. They had been terrors. And I was like, here is a sleeping picture of the terror <laughs> you've listened to. So, yep, I will do that. All right. Well, let's get into the episode that we've all come here to spend time in this room together tonight to bear witness to. Yep, that's all of the words. <laughs> Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I, by the grace of God, am Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley. Brothers and sisters, I am a nerd who somehow <laughs> never... I said never saw the X-Files before. <laughs> and I watched it when it originally aired. <laughs> I can't hold it together while I'm doing this. <laughs> the Cast Files is a podcast where we watch every episode of the X-Files spoiler free. Today we are watching... 
Season 1, Episode 18, Miracle Man. <laughs> it originally aired March 18th, 1994 to a viewership of 11.6 million people. It was oh. written by Chris Carter and Howard Gordon, directed by Michael Lang. <laughs> All right, let's get into the cast. Yes. We have Artie Call, who is Sheriff Maurice Daniels. You may recognize him from the wonderful, brilliant, very earth-tastic movie. Earth-tastic. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of the right word. <laughs> Waterworld. <laughs> okay. Or Into the Wild. Yeah, I never saw either of those, but I feel like I did see him in something. You didn't see Waterworld? No, I never saw Waterworld. It <laughs> looked stupid as hell. It was. Yeah. <laughs> then it came out and everybody said, wow, that was one of the worst movies of all time. I said, yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, we also have Scott Barstow, a.k.a. Samuel Hartley, who I definitely thought was Nick Stahl from Carnival at first, based oh. on that thumbnail. <laughs> His IMDb picture, I was like, is that the guy from Carnival? I'm so angry. <laughs> same, same powers, decade later. So, not the same person, but whatever. Um, he is in Wild American with my teenage heartthrobs, Devin Sawa. And Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I guess he just didn't quite hit. No, <laughs> he wasn't. That's unfortunate. It's, yeah, whatever. Sorry, Scott. George Gerds, or Gerdes, a.k.a. Reverend Calvin Hartley. He was in a movie called The Squeeze. <laughs> I had to include that one because everybody knows I had to. <laughs> he was also in a TV movie called Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Yeah, nice. Which was not the 1958 sci-fi horror Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, which Riley and I actually saw at the Tampa Theater one summer. Oh, nice. And it was really good. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely great to see in an old theater but I, what possibly could this TV movie be? It can't be anywhere near as good as the original. No, but I feel like that movie did get remade, so maybe the remake was this TV movie? Maybe. Didn't look into it, because I didn't, I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Oh, that's good. And here we go. We've got... Well, no, I'm going to save Dennis Lipscomb for the end, because you've got some things that you want to say about him also. Oh, okay. So then we have Chilton Crane, who is Margaret Homan. She is in a TV movie called Are You My Daughter? <laughs> Are You My Daughter? Which just, okay. Was that the sequel to Are You My Mommy? Yes. That's why I grabbed it because I was like, what is this? And then another TV movie called Happy Face Killer. <laughs> so she's running the gamut here. Happy Face Killer sounds familiar. Yeah, it's a killer, a serial killer. Okay. I think a real serial killer. All right. Instead of just a TV movie serial killer. Well, now we have um, Dennis Lipscomb, who is Leonard Vance. He is in the 1983, which I chose 1983 movie because this whole episode opens in 1983. So did you. <laughs> I became a thing in 1983. But he was in the 1983 movie War Games. And he was also in a little thing I like to call Cop Rock. 
Yeah, you hit on two of the things I was going to say. Because I recognized him through the through his makeup. Yeah. What I knew did, I knew this guy. From What else did you know him from? Uh, that was it. It was, oh. it was War Games was the thing that I really recognized okay. him from. But he also did a couple episodes of Greatest American Hero. Oh, yes. You do love that. Yeah, it's so, it's so good. Okay. I have an idea. I want to bring it back. Okay. But I can't say it, you know, because then Paramount's going to hear me. That's right. They're one of our six listeners. Par- <laughs> All of Paramount. Don't say we only have six listeners. <laughs> it's not true. All right, so IMDb has this as the agents investigate a ministry led by a man whose son possesses the power to heal and to kill hey. with a touch of his hand. Ah, that's misleading. It really is. I don't like that one. They almost were dead on. They almost were, but then they weren't. it's like they stopped watching halfway through three quarters of the way all right so we open in kenwood tennessee in 1983 the closed captioning the very first thing that's said on the screen is power saw whirring yeah (laughs) i guess jaws of life were not a thing yet i guess or they it did sound like a power saw yeah so and i guess that's what jaws of life actually are i thought it was like a clamp actually not sure I have never looked it up. Neither have I, but I imagine like a clamp that's like hydraulic and it, you know, it can grab onto anything and then... Rip open the door? Yeah. That's how I... Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know. I have used to make Jaws of Life jokes all the time because I thought it was funny. Get the Jaws of Life. I I never knew what it was. Yeah, because I've always imagined it opening something. But then the saw makes sense because you'd have to drill... Or not drill. You'd have to saw out the door. Well, apparently we don't know what the jaws of life are. <laughs> and we just realized it right now. <laughs> There's a really bad crash. There are dead bodies. A monster solemnly carrying a Bible and his son disturb a dead body in a body bag. The boy goes all preachery and it is not okay. Oh, you didn't care for it? I didn't, no. I didn't like it at all. While the boy is preaching and laying hands on the dead body, the person who has fifth and sixth degree burns see how i brought that back good job over their entire body starts to move and touches the boy's hand and i said instead of screaming in agony (laughs) so how did you feel about that opening scene Uh, i didn't have any feelings about it okay i did appreciate your commentary the second time through when you were talking about how the boy must have been a theater kid yes okay so this kid is if you haven't seen it in a little while He's, what, six or so? And he's projecting his voice. And he knows he knows his lines. He knows where he's supposed to stand. And he knows how to project his voice. And those are the three things that he does well. Yeah. So he's, he's sitting there and you're like, ah, this kid's been on the stage before because you have to project your voice in order for anybody to hear you. Rather than stage actors, who I've heard them talk about going from stage to tv or production and they're like man it's a whole different ball game but this kid definitely a stage kid yeah my favorite interview like that is james marsters when he sat down with buffering the vampire slayer he's got the theater background and talking about being on buffy and how wild it was the difference and how (laughs) one time sarah michelle geller said to him james we know that you're from the theater (laughs) but can you please stop acting <laughs> it's I love such that. a funny story. 
Oh, that's good. I might have to re-listen to that. I only heard parts of it. All right, so now we're at the next scene with Mulder and Scully in present day. Scully is playing a videotape for Mulder. On it, Reverend Hartley is starting a miracle ministry revival in a tent. As the crowd sings and claps, he comes down the aisle to the stage. This is the one where he is laying hands on the woman with cancer, right? Yeah, she's got a tumor pressing on her spine, I believe. Yes, and it is inoperable, but God doesn't need operable tumors to... God does not use a scalpel to perform a miracle. And Scully thinks that she's bringing this to Mulder as a, some new information. But of course, <laughs> Mulder already knows who this guy is. Yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot because he says his name before she gets a chance to. And he's like, yeah, yeah and that's his son. And yeah, he found him in the woods, in the no. tall grass. Yeah, he, I was going to say, he didn't find him in the woods. He found him in the tall weeds by the mighty Mississippi. Yeah, oh, except I'm glad you said it that way, because he actually says Mississippi. Yeah. And I every time I'm like, I wish he'd have just said Mississippi. He needs to. It's way better. It's it way is. better way to say that. And this whole this whole episode is very southern. Yeah. And that's what you would say. Also, I'm allowed to say that because I lived in Mississippi for a few years. Alright. <laughs> I'm using that as my card for being able to say <laughs> the mighty Mississippi. Scully is showing Mulder this guy, but naturally Mulder knows who he is. <laughs> when I couldn't remember the word, it's still blank. Because Mulder has the inability to forget things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I think I'm not going to correct you. Nope. I'm just going to leave that. It's gone from my brain you know why why because you don't have the inability <laughs> to forget true. things this is the sentence i wrote the first time around and the second time around i was like why don't i still know how to finish this sentence <laughs> well the jig is up guys i'm an idiot <laughs> oh, a filthy idiot <laughs> i'm a dumb baby <laughs> oh no dumb babies need the most attention Apparently, the local cops have been trying to catch the Reverend and Samuel, but not for the obvious fraud, for murder. And so I said, how long have they been murdering people, and how has this stayed quiet in their community? Which actually gets answered later, because this is the third death. Well, when we get to the third death, it's the third death. But this Reverend has been investigated by that local cop, the local deputy, or sheriff, for a long time about murder? No, just fraud. This... The reason Mulder and Scully are going are for the murder, but the sheriff's been trying to bust him forever just because he doesn't like him. But it seems like the fraud is obvious. Not really. He's got a Cadillac for every day of the week, David. He's performing miracles. In a tent. Where where better? Actually, that's true. Yeah, if I could perform miracles, I would straight up do exactly what this guy's doing. Big tent, revival music, clapping and singing. Just like the, the unholy? Uh, no, that was all Catholic and weird. This is also all... Not Catholic. It's not Catholic. It's a revival. What is it? It's a revival. What does that mean? Is that a religion? It's not a religion. It's a preaching style. Okay. It's basically what you see there. Well, I understand that, but... In the tent with the singing and the clapping and the... Yeah! But it's, it's got to be tied to a religion. Well, it's Christianity. Just Christianity. Yeah, you're, you're run-of-the-mill Christianity, but fun and sweltering hot 
It seems awful, if I'm being honest. In a ragged tent where there ain't no trees, you hear that gospel sound telling you and me that it's love, love, brother, love's traveling salvation show. Oh, wow. That's one of my favorite Neil Diamond songs. Okay. I actually don't think it would be awful if, uh, if the it cats would stop running around. <laughs> That's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Uh, but I don't think being in a tent, and they do look like they're having a great time. So don't mistake my comment there. But this is supposed to be in the South, and being in the South in a tent just sounds like the worst idea. Especially since you have to dress in your Sunday best, so you're wearing all of these layers. Why aren't there pit stains on everybody? It's March. It's Honey. March in 1994. Okay, I was like, we live in Florida. We're all sweating in March. So it's Tennessee. In 1994. In I March. guess it is Tennessee. So it's, right. it's like, yeah, maybe could hit 50s during the day. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yes, it does. Whoa. I, yeah, I wish. It hasn't dropped down to 50 in like three years here. No, it's rough, guys. It's so rough. All right. Well, um, the boy from the beginning is now grown, and he lays hands on the older woman with the spinal tumor, which... We've we covered, but just to remind you, and then she's rushed to the hospital 20 minutes later and dies of definitely not cancer. <laughs> that was Scully's professional opinion based on a videotape that did not show how she died. Right. And then Scully says, I know this isn't an X-File, and Mulder, I don't know if she was going to continue, but doesn't miss a beat. And Mulder is on board for some good old-fashioned evangelical healing and says, when do we go to Tennessee? Yeah. Another good line he had that I just enjoyed, just tickled me a little, was he performing miracles every day, twice, twice on, on Sunday. Sunday. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I should have written it down, but you know what? I didn't need to. You've remembered. Mulder's uh, quips. quips have come a long way since the play. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at his height. He sure didn't play basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The uh, the writers are, are are finding the voices for the characters, yes. and they're getting they're getting really fun to watch. Yes, it's definitely getting better. So now we are in Kenwood, Tennessee, at the Miracle Ministry. There's a little bit of trivia, which I thought was fascinating. So we know that this is recorded in Vancouver, but did you know that all the faith healing scenes in the tent were shot in one day with the help of three hundred extras? I, fig- I kind of figured it would have to be like that. The whole one, all of them? There's so many. I can't remember how many there were, but... 40,000. 40,000 scenes? Yes. Wow. <laughs> it is a lot. You're right. Not sure how they managed that. Are there even 40,000 minutes in a day? <laughs> Who knows? Nobody to, can ever know. You're talking to the dumb baby here. <laughs> <laughs> It's also just impossible information. It really is. How would I ever know holding my computer? Um, Scully and Mulder go to the spectacle. Unfortunately, Samuel is on vacation today, so please come back in two days. That's when the (laughs) healing will commence. Nice. (laughs) Mulder and Scully try to speak with the reverend, but he blows them off in the parking lot. And we see the man from the opening, Vance. He has stayed with the reverend ever since Samuel resurrected him at the beginning. After they leave, the sheriff shows up with the coroner's report, which is why Scully didn't know the exact reason why the lady died, which is fine, but <laughs> definitely not cancer seemed 
I mean, like, what it could have been. Then they have a discussion, and uh, the sheriff preaches to them about taxing the church. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. Basically, everything the sheriff says in this scene, I'm like, oh, holy crap. Do they have a police officer in this show that I like? <laughs> of course, he lets me down, but... But in, in this scene, I'm like, oh, yeah, he wants to go after the people committing fraud. He wants to tax the church. I like this guy. Yeah. Now, the thing is, would he also want to tax the other churches in that town? Well, he'd better. Because the answer is no, he wouldn't. <laughs> he, not his church? He'd be against that? Right. Tax the church, except the one I go to. He's got to get reelected. Is that how sheriffs work? Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. Sheriffs usually are county guys, though. Uh, Maybe Kenwood I'm, is the county seat of that part of Tennessee. Tennessee? I don't know. It seems weird that they would be elected by us who don't know anything. And well, That's why you don't have to be a cop to be elected sheriff. I'm going to be sheriff. No, I talked to you about running for sheriff in 2020. Well, I forgot. <laughs> it's been a long, long, long year and a half. <laughs> yeah, because I, I told you that my my yard signs would say, Dave, David Reed for sheriff, defund the police. Right, that's right, yes. <laughs> I remember now. Man, that was only last year. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. All right, well, we find out that there was no autopsy done because the reverend said no due to religious grounds. Scully suggests they exhume the body, where does that fall on the religious grounds rules? I'm not sure. I guess be if it's under suspicion of murder, you probably can. I don't know. You can just let someone die who you can save. Yeah, it's really so. unclear. So next we're at the cemetery. They exhume the body while a bunch of people show up. They try to, but the people stop them. Did they stop? Did they successfully stop yeah. them? Okay, so they're walking around and facing off. It's a face-off. <laughs> I'm going to take his face. <laughs> Somehow, the sheriff's order to keep things hush-hush got out. Mulder says something like, looks like you've got a few believers on the payroll. Mm-hmm. He's also got a few murderers on the payroll. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he does. But those guys don't wear badges. While they're murdering? Well, I don't know who those two are. I've decided they're part of the sheriff's department. I've decided. Maybe, but we never saw them in uniform. That's true. Or we did and we forgot because everybody in this episode looks the same. <laughs> no, there's only there's one sheriff and two deputies, and the two deputies do look far too similar. Yes, I'm still not sure who's who. One guy has sideburns. Okay, so the That's guy, how I could tell them apart. The guy who shows up at the house to let them know that Samuel's been beaten to death. Is no sideburn guy. And the guy who let those guys in to beat Samuel to death. Is sideburn guy. I totally thought it was the same guy. Yeah. And I absolutely thought that the sheriff was there when he let them all in. Because you're going to, you're well, just talk since we're there. We'll go back. Okay. Well, in that scene, far into the future, the sheriff and his deputy are standing there when Mulder leaves. And they the sheriff looks at the deputy, gives him like a nod or a look or something, real subtly. But then it's like a smash cut to a key unlocking and then the deputy walking down like you know the cell row whatever yeah. and then letting the two guys into samuel's cell. cell and then walking away yeah it's a, it's like a quick smash cut but it's you... from the they don't move the camera or something it was so hard to i didn't actually catch it because i must have been typing yeah you are supposed to see that there's time has passed but it's just kind of eh. 
I didn't see any time passed until you told me after the second viewing that it was yeah. not the same time. All right, well, surprise, Samuel doesn't make it out of this one. Oh, spoilers. Or does he? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> All right, so they don't exhume the body. They leave the cemetery. Vance has led this whole group of people, and... That's basically all that happens there. So now we're downtown, and uh, they're looking for Samuel. And the sheriff says, it's not a very likely place to save souls. And I was like, come on, guy. It's just the local watering hole. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a place people hang out. It yeah. wasn't anything sketch. No. It seems like a delightful place. It seemed totally fine. It's a weird place to be saving souls. You... Also, sounds like the perfect place to save souls. These sinners down here drinking their lives away. Also... They are day drinking. I thought it was nighttime. Oh, hell. Now I don't know. All right. Well, whatever. I just thought it was harsh. It's just a local watering hole. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, they find Samuel. He's drunk and beaten. He got into a bar brawl. And he says something about it being penitence for his sins. Whatever. The sheriff wants to arrest him for suspicion of murder, and Mulder asks the sheriff why, which is a great question because... I'm not sure suspicion of murder is an arrestable crime. Also, why? The cancer lady died, and she was going to die. Well, you still can't murder someone who's terminally ill. I didn't say he... I didn't say it was allowed, <laughs> but they don't have... They don't have an autopsy. They don't have an exhumed body. They don't have any indication. Evidence. They don't have any evidence. None. Yeah. That's why I'm saying suspicion of murder is not really something you should be able to arrest somebody for. You should have evidence. So the sheriff is certain, just knows, that Samuel is a murderer, but he just doesn't know how. Yeah. And then he leaves. Or at least he goes to the other side of the bar. Samuel starts spouting religious stuff, then admits to murder. Mulder just says, oh, how did you do it? And Samuel's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, he does say that he's a murderer because his gift has been changed from healing to hurting, and now he must be humbled. Yeah. Samuel says, I've laid my hands on the ill, given them health. I've healed the sick. I've even touched the dying and given them life. God has given me a special gift. Scully says. Did he buy you all that jewelry too? <laughs> it's weird Scully's Catholic, but she doesn't like uh, people getting rich off of religion. Right? The Pope's Prada shoes. He says, I think there's something missing in your story, Samuel. And Samuel uh, doesn't like this line of questioning. He says, do you doubt the power of God, ma'am? <laughs> and she says, no, but I doubt the veracity of your claims. Now Samuel targets Mulder about his sister. Scully is like, holy hell, we have to get there right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, and he's just doing a cold read, too. Yes, he is. It's just straight up. I guess we didn't know what cold reading was in 1994. I guess not, but Mulder gives him everything he needs. and oh, yeah. But then Samuel does start picking up details and stating details that wouldn't be a cold read. Yeah. But yes, I actually had that written down at first, too. I was like, well, this is just a cold read. But it's too late. Mulder is bought in and wants to know more. Scully cannot get them out fast enough. She's basically pulling him by his jacket. <laughs> We've got stuff to do, Mulder. Come on. Oh, God. That guy needs to go to jail. You need to come with me. <laughs> but Samuel says Mulder is too late. He should have come to Samuel earlier when the pain could have been healed. Oh, now his gift is poisoned, so he can't do it. Yep. It's too late. 
basically everyone is disappointed in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, Samuel tells them to, or tells him to open your heart. It might just open your eyes. Free your mind, your ass will follow. Yep. And then Mulder starts hallucinating. <laughs> so now we're at the Kenwood County Courthouse. It's a preliminary hearing that's being held for Samuel. Mulder and Scully are in the gallery. We don't know why he's being charged with suspicion of murder based on zero evidence, but here we are. And his defense attorney is right. She says, given his exemplary record, which I hate when people use that, but the highly circumstantial nature of the case is the part that I agree with. I ask that my client be released on his own recognizance without bail. Samuel interrupts because he seems to truly believe, which is sad. So he thinks that he's actually killing all of these people. Or how many people has it been so far? One? Three. Three? Has it been three yet? I thought they said three at the beginning, and hmm. then he gets another one. All right. I thought. No, I'm not standing by that at all. Somewhere between one and... Th- anyway, Samuel thinks he's murdering people. The court shushes him, and his attorney apologizes for his outburst. Now, the district attorney says, Your Honor, despite the defendant's avowed guilt, we see no reason to burden the county with his maintenance until trial. But we do request a minimum bail of $100,000. I hate all of the legal happenings in this scene. You're right that his lawyer's right. But then he stands up and says, if you let me out, I'm going to kill more people. Right. So, okay, well, we can't let you out then. And then the prosecution stands up and says, yeah, we don't want to keep him, but pay us. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Abolish cash bail. Yes. Because... It's exactly this. We don't need to bother with him. We don't want him around. But you gotta pay us. It's It's hostage. It's a hostage negotiation. It is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's disgusting. It's a legal hostage negotiation. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I'm glad that a plague fell upon this court. (laughs) Then some giant grasshoppers and some tiny crickets are dumped all over the judge's desk. (laughs) They're flying around. The big crickets are flying around everywhere. The, uh, or the grasshoppers are flying around. The little crickets are on the floor, the desk, and everything. And, uh, (laughs) I love Scully in this scene because she's, she knows she's supposed to be, uh, reacting to these things. I'm, I know some of them are real, but I don't know if, I think when they zoom out, the ones that are flying around everywhere are CGI. No, here's the deal. Okay. They're all real. David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson are not in that room. Oh, you think? Oh, I know. Because when you pointed out her weird motions, I watched. And everybody gets up and scatters. David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson are not among those people. That's great. (laughs) They were not in the same room with the crickets and grasshoppers. (laughs) They're like, no, thank you. But I do want a gif of (laughs) Jillian Anderson just waving her hands (laughs) around. It It was really good. Most folks... Already miss seeing people smile. Hey, hey, sorry. I'm really trying hard to social distance. You will not ask for that! Wandering the silent streets of Buffalo, New York in the first days of quarantine, Adam Combs discovers something he will never forget. (laughs) When our quarantine began, theirs came to an end. Everyone is He's trying to heal the wounds of the wandering damned. I didn't come down here to hurt you. I, I want to help you. But gathering his own wounds in the process. 
Those feelings of powerlessness are important to acknowledge. If you need, like, help or something, let me know, ma'am. I can take you to an urgent care if you need a ride. All of us are in danger. Move away. Stay six feet away from your demons. Available free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us at Move Away Podcast on all social media. So now they're at the motel room. Scully is studying a locust, and Mulder is reading aloud from the Bible. It is the two genders. (laughs) Locusts and Bibles? Yeah. Uh, Scully asks Mulder if this is about what Samuel said about Mulder's sister last night. It is. (laughs) Mulder is convinced that Samuel is using an electromagnetic system to heal and kill. Before Scully can tell him that that's bananas, Vance knocks and invites them to see the Reverend. But is it bananas? Using an electromagnetic system to heal and kill? No, like a heat. No, like the body is an electromagnetic system, and he is somehow using that their bodies systems to heal and kill. Yes. Because they have evidence of him healing other people before this. It's no, it's bananas. That's not real. Reiki is not real. It you is heard it here first. It is for this uh, Rick Schroeder looking dude. I do wonder what's real and what's not in this whole universe. Well, they said that he was healing people before and only recently and he did bring Vance back to life at the beginning. That is true. So and I know that and they then said he that, comes back to life at the end. I know, I know. And I know that they, they say that he heals people, but I'm so skeptical of this type of evangelism. Yeah. Because it's terrifying and gross. It's a, a gross abuse of power. So saying that he's healed people, in my mind, I automatically went, yeah, of course they're going to say that. But I haven't seen any proof. But then you're right, I have seen proof because... They showed us at the They end. showed us. Ugh. It was real quick. I, and they didn't... They didn't really say whether... Mulder says it's real and he right. did it, but... Mulder says everything's real. Exactly. Until Scully says, is this real? And then he's like, no. <laughs> no, you dumb baby. <laughs> yes. Scully and I are in the same group of dumb babies. The third gender. <laughs> so, okay. So, healing is real here. I feel like other people would have been trying to talk to this kid then. Wouldn't the medical community? Well, no, because they didn't believe any of it. Well, then there's no evidence that people are being healed. Well, there are. They're the people that were healed are the evidence. And Scully tries to write it off as spontaneous healing. There are records of just people spontaneously getting better. I know she said... Which is what I would believe if I saw it, so... Well, here's... here's I'm on Scully's side. Here's the secret. I don't believe in spiritual and religious healers. Okay. Secrets out. All right, they go to Reverend Hartley's residence. The Reverend is mad at the sheriff for trying to shut down his tent, and the sheriff thinks that the Reverend is a fraud. I said he is. But I guess you're right, not about the healing part. He is definitely committing fraud. Oh, yeah, because he's taking all the money. Yes. As Scully and the Reverend are talking, Mulder sees his sister outside and excuses himself. So once again, Mulder is not doing his job. He's not paying attention, and he leaves his partner. <laughs> His sister is gone when Mulder gets outside, but Mulder sees Samuel up in a room smoking. And I said I didn't realize how much smoking inside was happening in the mid-90s until this show. Yeah, (laughs) watching old shows is weird like that. It's so weird. And living where we live. Because, like, when I go back to Indiana, I see people smoking. I can't tell you the last time I saw a cigarette in Florida. I see cigarettes discarded, well, because I'm running literally all over Tampa. Yeah. But... 
I don't really see that many people smoking. I haven't seen a person smoke a cigarette in a long, long time. Man. So we go to the Miracle Ministry tent. Margaret has arrived with her family. Margaret is in a wheelchair. We find out in a little bit that she has MS. She is there with her mother and father to be healed. Makes sense. And I'm dancing to the revival music. Yes, you are. She asks Vance if Samuel can heal her. And everyone in this tent has high hopes. They're, everybody's having a great time. Vance puts, says that he's going to put in a word for her with Samuel and make sure she gets right up to the front and then hands her a little cup, a tiny little cup of off-brand Diet Cola. Diet, specifically off-brand Diet Pepsi. It's like the Pepsi <laughs> logo, is, but it's yes. turned on its side. Yep. That felt very authentic, honestly. Yeah. The off-brand soda at the Revival Tent. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought lemonade and sweet tea. That You know what? That would work, too. Yep. Oh. Well, oh, so the the bit here is Vance is greeting people, and he is talking to Margaret, and he is making sure that she is going to be the next victim. Yes. And tying into the trivia that you had earlier, I had a note that fits perfectly with that, that all of the extras, they shot that all in one day. Yep. They definitely shot it without music. Because oh. people are clapping to different beats, <laughs> nodding along to different songs, and just generally not in sync with anybody else in the room. It seems like it would be... Uh, maybe it's because of the... You'd have to reset the music every time. Yep. So that's just an added hassle. Continuity so errors, like, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, all right, everybody. <laughs> oh, man, that would be tough. So in the back of the tent, we see the Reverend and Vance tell Samuel he basically has to go out and heal. Samuel is obviously scared to do it because he believes that he is the one killing people, even though he has been healing people and that's been his whole thing since he's since he can remember. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a church party going on as the Reverend pops out on stage and says some Reverend stuff. While the collection plate is passed, and Scully smirks and says, miracles don't come cheap. And I, and I thought, all right, Scully, name a church that doesn't pass the plate. <laughs> yeah, good point. Name a church that the leader of which sits on a throne made of gold. It was just a real gross comment from a Catholic. Exactly. Uh, Reverend introduces Vance, who comes out and says some things, and then introduces Samuel. And while this is happening, the saddest little girl in the world is in the corner, and Mulder runs after her rather than watching Samuel murdering people, which is what he's there to do and is his job, and he leaves his partner, and he runs off away, and <laughs> things happen while he's not there. So while Mulder is gone and not doing his job, Samuel is laying hands on the first row of people, and why is laying the laying on of hands so violent? Every time I see people do this, they are basically assaulting other people. Yeah, it's he, so they get the reaction that's that they what need. I, it's such... I push you down so that you fall down. It's just so obvious, I guess. Yeah. Ugh. These kinds of stories frustrate me, but I'm also glad for them because what I hope happens is that at least one person who attends these things and is giving money to churches like this sees how obvious the scam is and gets out of it hopefully all right so uh there's still lots of clapping and dancing including you you were doing that too that's because i love revival music you're feeling the spirit it is a lot of fun it would not be a lot of fun right now outside in 
Florida, where we are in a tent with your Sunday best. But these people in Vancouver are having a great time. Samuel heals a bunch of people, or he just blesses them. It's unclear. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I think he was just Touching blessing them? them. Okay. And then he spends a bunch of time on Margaret until she seizes to death. And the timing for that poisoning was close. <laughs> Very. Because she died quick. While he was touching her forehead. If anything had delayed him five seconds, she would have gone into her seizure and died before he got to her. It's almost like Vance is getting desperate. Ah, or better at his timing. Or he must be. Because the one before this, she died like 20 minutes later. So I think Vance poisoned her after the healing. Yeah, I think you're right. Which makes it even more tragic because she was healed of cancer and then poisoned. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. So if they exhumed her body and did an autopsy, she would have been healed. She would have been cancer-free. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Oh, it makes it so much worse. It does. Holy hell. Vance. Ugh. I got some stuff to say about him at the end. Ugh. Well... By the time he got on stage is when I said, it's Vance. Vance did this. <laughs> yeah, you you nailed him pretty quick. I was looking at the sheriff too hard. Yeah. Because I didn't like the sheriff. I knew the sheriff was questionable, but I knew it was Vance because, <laughs> and I even said it out loud the very first viewing, I said, it's Vance. Vance is mad that he's alive. He should have died when he died, and he's <laughs> getting revenge for that, and he wants to be dead. Yeah. And then, guess what? I guess this one's full of spoilers for the end of its own episode. <laughs> it was Vance. Scully pronounces her dead at the scene immediately, although I know that there's going to be some other stuff to actually literally pronounce her dead, but Scully says she's dead. I said, what, no CPR? And so then I had to look up, wouldn't you do CPR? I feel like if somebody, not, not if somebody has a seizure, but if somebody has an episode and then is no longer breathing and their heart stops, wouldn't you try CPR? Yeah, I have no idea. I think, I just don't know what CPR is for, because... In my mind, it's for drowning victims. Well, here you go. Science Corner with Kristen. Yes! Science Corner with Kristen. This one's very brief. This isn't as great as the shark one. But mainly, I'm going to answer your question. CPR is most successful when administered as quickly as possible, which the medical doctor who was there at the scene and watched this happen could have started administering immediately. Okay. It should only be performed when a person shows no signs of life, which would apply in this situation. Yeah, no heartbeat, no breathing. Or when they are unconscious, unresponsive, not breathing, or not breathing normally. For example, in cardiac arrest, some people will take occasional gasping breaths. They still need CPR at this point. Don't wait until they are not breathing at all. Do you still do the chest compressions? Um, that, I didn't include that here. I think that would be separate because the chest compressions are going to get their heart started. Yeah. And the breathing part is making sure that they're getting oxygen. Right. Okay, so if they have a heartbeat, don't do chest compression. I believe so. Don't take my word for that. Go to the Red Cross and get certified. My certification lapsed two years ago, so I definitely <laughs> need to be recertified. Yeah, my certification lapsed uh, 30 years ago? Yeah, I was going to get it redone, and then COVID hit, and I was like, I guess I don't want to be in a room breathing on people. Yeah, I got lifeguard certified when I was like 16. Mm. And then was never a lifeguard. I was also never a lifeguard, and I got certified because I decided it was a thing that I should be. I was going to try to get a summer job as a lifeguard, and then didn't. <laughs> All right, well, I think everybody should get CPR certified and basic first aid, including us, when COVID's not a 
an issue, and then we'll know the answers to all of these. But my main point is Scully, sh the medical doctor, should have performed CPR rather than just being like, she dead. <laughs> Shameful. All right, now we're at Kenwood County Hospital. Vance says some creepy stuff to the mourners, mainly to keep her from being autopsied. They're having a candlelit vigil outside the hospital, and he's just being a creep. Inside, Scully says, I was raised a Catholic, and I have a certain familiarity with the scripture. And God never lets the devil steal the show. <laughs> Which is also gross and also unclear. Is God real in this universe? We've never seen God. No, we've also never seen the devil. No. So, no. We have seen aliens. Yes. And we know that the military is using alien technology to hurt a lot of people. <laughs> yes. On purpose or on accident or both. But we've never seen God. No. And that's one of the tragic things I find about this episode and one of the reasons I like it. Because I'm a sucker for good tragedy. If this healer, if Samuel didn't believe in God, he could have done so much more good. Yeah. And it's his belief in God that made everything go wrong. Ooh, I like that read. Yeah, because I think he is healing people, but he's doing it with, like, you know, magneto powers. Right. Like Mulder said. And it's because he was raised by the preacher that he thinks that that power comes from God. And that's why when it goes wrong, because Vance is poisoning people, right? he thinks it's because it's his fault. And that's all. Yeah, it's, it's tragic. It's exactly what happens with people all the good things are because of god and all of the bad things are because of themselves yeah and it's also what happens when people take all of the responsibility for everything yes Ugh. so does god exist in this world just like in buffy the vampire slayer unclear okay <laughs> now scully asks Mulder if he's seeing his sister she says it's the power of miracles and suggestions forgetting that she just saw her dead dad and they could have had a wonderful discussion over hot tea. <laughs> yep. I feel like that would have been so much better if that's what they had done. And been like, you know what, Mulder, I know what you're going through. Yeah. To, you know, to a degree. we Our circumstances are different, but similar. Let's go have some hot tea and relax. She just saw her dead dad and believes it's a hallucination brought on by grief. That's what she believes. So she believes that that is a thing that can happen. Talk to Mulder about it. Yeah, over hot tea, because that's soothing. And scones. That'd be nice. Yeah, lemon po lemon poppy seed scones. That would be nice. I almost unless, said lemon pepper scones. <laughs> unless your grief is so much that you can't eat, then the scones are just kind of sitting there. Yeah, they still look nice, though. They do. It's a nice setting. All right. The grieving parents, who have no hot tea or scones, agree to have the autopsy done on their daughter. And the way Scully convinces them makes it so clear and so good she's speaking their language yeah which she does really well she yes. knows her audience because she did this before she did it with Mulder in ice yes and she did it with with somebody else and Mulder said with the ghost it was the ghost one because she was talking to the woman who was being haunted by that ghost and Mulder said but Scully you don't believe oh yeah 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 There's what is that episode called uh shadows sh yeah and she does it at least one other time. Yeah. Where Mulder's being... Mulder's being Mulder, and she steps in and <laughs> rectifies the situation. Yeah. I can't remember what that Man, scenario she, was. She actually does it in the last episode, the one that we recorded yesterday, because 
he's going off on that picture and his whole investigation and she says Mulder I respect you for this that you're doing but other people don't so maybe put a cap on it buddy yeah it's sort of the opposite of what he says to her in squeeze (laughs) I knew you were leading up to it I was just letting you do it Ah, it's so good (laughs) Ah! Do you haunt me? <laughs> I can't believe Squeeze is the episode of all of the episodes ever that we're always going to remember. Always talking about it. Always. Constantly. Ugh. Yeah. All right. So we're at Kenwood County Jail. We talked about part of this scene, but I'll talk about the very beginning part of it. Mulder goes to Samuel to tell him about the case. And I said, are you allowed to do that? Isn't he in jail on suspicion of murder? And now Mulder's like, hey. So we have some new evidence. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Mulder demands Samuel tell him more about his sister. Mulder asks if his sister is alive. Is that what he's supposed to believe? And I said, based on a comment you made, I said, ghosts of living people don't usually show up, but go off, King. Right? If that's really your sister, then your sister's dead, dude. Yeah. But she's not glowing like Samuel is when he shows up as a ghost. Yeah, but he doesn't glow the whole time he's a ghost. That might have been a continuity error. <laughs> Could have been, but it's canon. Okay. And the whole Mulder-Samuel scene here is pretty gross because it starts out with Mulder saying, you're innocent, I know you're innocent, but what about me? Yes. Mulder's really good about doing that. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And that's when Samuel says he's tired and quips about it being a trick of the devil. And Mulder is mad. Mulder storms out. Mulder throws so many fits. <laughs> This is just another one. He's storming out with all of those layers that he's wearing. His coats, just his oversized coats flapping in the wind because he's walking so fast. Oh, it's swooshing gracefully. No, it's not. Like uh, the doctor in Green Wing. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. The sheriff says, this may be Hicksville to you. So now we know where their accents are from. Hicksville. Hicksville. So here's a bit of trivia. The producer, R.W. Goodwin, felt that the greatest difficulty was finding enough Vancouver-area actors who could portray a convincing southern U.S. accent. So they hired a dialect coach to prevent the casting from sounding like they were coming from 15 different parts of the South. Uh, That's a good idea. It, It was good. Mulder says they've got the wrong guy and storms out. And then the deputy leads two men into Samuel's cell. And they take turns methodically hitting him while Samuel holds himself up on the bars. Yeah, that was so heavy-handed. It really was. And this is where that cutscene happened where I, or whatever, the edit happened where time passed apparently and I missed it both times. There's also another guy in a different cell and the deputy basically says, What are you looking at while we murder this person in front of you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of a good threat. This will happen to you if you don't knock it off or whatever. Right. But it's also, you're in, he's just in county lockup. Right. He's not in <laughs> maximum security prison. This dude's probably going to be out in a week. He's probably, he's in the drunk tank because he was at the watering hole not getting his soul saved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not like this dude's a hardened criminal. That's, no. Yeah, I could keep a secret. It don't matter to me. I'm a lifer anyway. Right. No, that guy just... If I'm that guy, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll keep my mouth shut now, but as soon as I get out of here. <laughs> yeah. 
Ugh. The next morning, Deputy Tyson rings the bell at Sheriff Daniel's house. His wife starts for the door in her motorized wheelchair as the sheriff <laughs> comes up from behind her. I'll get it. 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 And she's still just trying to get to the door. And he's like walking up behind her and around her. And he gets in front of her and he opens the door in front of her. Like She is still a capable human being. Yeah, clearly he could get there faster. Ugh. And he could have got there even faster if she wasn't in his way. Oh, I see. The news that Tyson, uh, not Tyson, the news the news that Tyson is delivering is that Samuel's been beaten to death. He did. Yeah. So now we are at Kenwood County Jail. Sheriff had Samuel murdered. <laughs> <laughs> the reverend is upset. <laughs> wow. Let's just accuse him of this right off the bat. Uh, Vance isn't so much because he's totally behind all the murders. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my three sentences for that scene. <laughs> all right. I got a little bit about this scene because Mulder and Scully show up. They tell them that Samuel's dead and that it was just, uh, he picked a fight with some guys in DUI. Yeah, can we talk to those guys? Because they're guilty of murder. Right. And they murdered a guy we're interested in. Can we talk to him? Nobody thinks to ask that. There's no follow-up questions. Zero. What on earth is going through your brains? I... It blows my mind how bad they dropped the ball on that. Yeah, that was really bad. I also dropped the ball because I didn't even say Mulder and Scully were in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> I was too busy pointing out all the murders. <laughs> and what are they going to say? Ah, oh, yeah, we let them go. Let them go? Right. <laughs> they murdered a guy? <laughs> right. And you let them go? Or are they still in lockup? And if you let them go, this is, what, Kenwood, Tennessee, yeah, those, Home of 120 people. Where are where do they live? Those guys were dressed like locals. Yeah, those guys were locals. All you have to do is go to the local watering hole and see whose knuckles are all beat up. <laughs> yeah. That's it. At the courtroom later, they are... Uh, Mulder and Scully are in the, the empty courtroom. Mulder looks around the judge's desk. Oh, before they, before they go there, there's a real cute scene between the two of them. Oh. Where Mulder's looking up and Scully says, You've got that look, Mulder. What look? But look, when you've forgotten your car, you've lost your keys and you're thinking about how to get back in the house. And they, they share a look between the two of them. It was really cute. It was cute. And it's, the actors are really gelling with each other. Yeah. The characters are really gelling with each other. Yeah. It's fun to watch. It's all coming together. It is. And I'm liking it. It is. I like it too. And I like that you like it. So now we're in the courtroom later at some point. Mulder and Scully are in the empty courtroom. Mulder is looking around the judge's bench. Scully asks, what exactly are we trying to find? And Mulder just says, clues. (laughs) (laughs) Clues, 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 clues. Mulder's clues, Mulder's clues. He steps on a dead grasshopper and he looks up at the AC vent in the ceiling and then they go to the roof and find potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) And so the potato part, I got as the, it was leading the trail. The grasshoppers don't eat potatoes. Uh, So were they leading the trail for the person who was dumping all of the grasshoppers using potatoes? Maybe an errant potato just fell because the grasshoppers had to be like in a box or something. And he just dumps the box. So errant potato fell outside of the grate. But it was in a line like Hansel and Gretel. Oh, they did show that. Oh, that's weird. That was... So I'm wondering if they're using the potatoes as a an organic way to mark the trail of this is the vent. Because it's not going to be... In, nobody ate the potatoes, so it's not bringing the locusts. I think it's just 
poorly done. Okay. Well, there were potatoes, and we don't know why. At the Hartley residence, Samuel's ghost haunts Vance like one of the ghosts of Christmas past. Why, why the past? I feel like this would be the present. Because he's dead. Ghost, I guess it could be Ghost the of Christmas present. Okay. Samuel asks Vance why after I gave you back your life. And Vance says, you call this life? And, <laughs> and I wrote in all caps, I called it so I'm doing a little dance as I type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you called it, you said it first, and you said it more eloquently than he did. Yep, I did. Go me. I'm better than Vance. <laughs> and then we find out that Vance ingested cyanide and is dying slowly while explaining his whole reason for murdering people, which is what you need for your, you know, to button up the whole story. Also, he's seeing the error of his ways, so he's trying to repent and go to heaven. Which is bullshit. Well, there was a reverend right there. But you killed people. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you're sorry. <laughs> no, you're not sorry about killing people. You're sorry that it's going to cost you by you going to hell. Uh, Those no. aren't the same. Ah, uh, he's sorry. No. <laughs> no. Okay, you want to hear my biggest problem? Not biggest problem. That's not the right way to say that. One of my big problems with this. Okay. The reason he wants revenge is he's because he brought me back looking like this. It doesn't say that he's in like constant agony. Right. In all horrific pain always. If he had said that, I'd been like, I, I, I understand being mad at him. Right. No, I just look bad. Right. Yes. What? Oh, I'd rather be dead than look. They kill yourself. Yes, I agree. Ugh. Ugh. I, Screw you, dude. Yes. Right, because if he had, we would have been empathetic not for him murdering people, but we would have been empathetic to his dismay and wanting to keep other people from living a life of excruciating pain, if that's what this was about, but it isn't. Yeah, it's just he doesn't like the way he looks anymore. Uh, glad you're dead. Burn in hell. <laughs> yes, but apparently Samuel forgave him for murdering people, making Samuel believe that his gift was murdering people. Yeah. And then, ultimately, Samuel being murdered. And he just forgave him? That's uh, what Christ figures do. Ugh, I hope God doesn't exist in this universe. Okay. I don't like this. I don't like it. No, but I I get why the character would do it, though. I hate that. Yeah, I, I didn't say I like it. I just understand why the character did it. Ugh. Well, Vance dies. Probably for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're in Scully's room. She's writing her exposition field report. In light of this information, it is highly doubtful that there have ever been miracles, any miracles, in Kenwood, Tennessee. Well, what about the ones you said at the beginning of the episode, right? Scully? I don't... Uh, whatever. Meanwhile, Sheriff Daniels called Mulder and it alerts him that Samuel's body is missing. Now we're at the morgue. Samuel walked out on his own. The night nurse saw him. Uh, she is shaken up because, obviously... Uh, the sheriff is mad and raising his voice at her. And the night nurse says she's not crazy. She saw it. She wasn't the only one. And when she says she wasn't the only one, the sheriff doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Scully is still skeptical, but I'm like, this, get it, night nurse. She's, she is not letting this sheriff call her crazy or pretend that she's crazy or that she didn't see this thing. She knows what she saw and she is... Sticking with it, no matter what he says. No gaslighting from Sheriff Daniels. Yeah. Now we're at Sheriff Daniels' residence, and we find out that the sheriff has been lying to his wife about Samuel forever. Because he knows that Samuel has been actually healing people, and he's been keeping her from visiting him to be healed. 
because he doesn't like the reverend and the fraud and something else. I got a sort of different read on this. Uh, Deputy Tyson is being brought in for questioning concerning Samuel's death. And then outside the ministry tent, the tent is being dismantled. Mulder sees his sister. They get in the crown vic and leave the end. So what's your read? Okay, so I think when the sheriff finds out that multiple people saw Samuel get up and leave, that's when he realizes, oh no, this guy was legit. And he always hated the reverend. He hated the reverend before the kid was around healing people. So he assumed that the kid was a fraud because he was with the reverend, and that's why he kept his wife away, because he thought it was a fraud. He didn't think it would help. And he wanted to keep her not thinking that because he believed it was a fraud. And he couldn't have her believing it was going to help because that would just be tragic when she went and then paid all the money and then nothing happened. But then he realized that it was real and that he had had him killed and he had been hurting his wife this entire time. Oh, that's an interesting read. That's a more sympathetic read on Sheriff Daniels. Yeah, that's how I read it because when she says... she's reading the paper and she's like but he was a fraud like you said he like leans down close to her and i think he's just eaten up i think he is regretting like 10 years of what he had been doing oh but not murdering samuel for any other reason no i think murdering samuel is part of the regret because he realized that he was the real deal at that point and it has just everything he's been doing has been very detrimental and hurting his wife, especially, is the biggest, I think, the biggest uh, regret he has. He could have helped, Samuel could have helped his wife, and he didn't let it happen. And I think that is killing him. Hmm. Well, he deserves it at this point, because he can't go back and change any of that. Yeah, but he's sorry. And also, no. <laughs> and also, you have, again, you have a really good read on Sheriff Daniels. I don't give him that much credit for considering his wife. I think he just hates the reverend and he's like no my household isn't going to be sucked into this evangelical tent with their diet off-brand pepsi <laughs> yeah that, that was his biggest problem it was the diet off-brand pepsi yeah. was it diet chassa <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's interesting and if anybody has their own read on that i would love to hear it yeah all right anything else on this episode uh, yes let's see okay i said the stuff about vance Got through my sheriff dissertation. Samuel, one of the reasons I don't like how he said about Mulder, he like looks in him and sees his pain because that's how he does it. He, he can look into these people and see their pain and see what's wrong with them. Why didn't you see the poison in any of these people? Right. Is it because he wasn't focused? Well, no, because I could see after the fact, if he has to focus his whatever, then the woman with the tumor, he would have looked at her. She wouldn't have been poisoned, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm heal her and then he wouldn't have seen it again because he wasn't focusing on healing her anymore right so i could see that but he should have seen it in holman margaret yeah yeah should have seen the poison in her yeah and healed the damage being done by the poison in real time it'd be like a battle right poison samuel poison samuel ah that would be interesting yeah so i didn't like that where i look into them and see their pain yeah no and also the side story with his sister unnecessary right and i think a bad move because that little girl's gonna age and you showed her in season one she's not gonna (laughs) look the same in season four (laughs) that is true but what what was even the point because samuel wasn't healing him and samuel's whole shtick isn't surfacing people's pain no it's not psychological either 
No. Yeah, this is just a bad move. Bad call. Whichever Chris Carter or Howard Gordon, whichever one of them put that bit in there. They had to because what other reason would Mulder have for running away from his partner at the least opportune times? Like he needs a reason. Honestly. <laughs> she probably wasn't even there. It was just his excuse. <laughs> he just got bored sitting there talking to the reverend and was like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who are you shipping? I am shipping the night nurse. All right. And... Uh, Samuel. You know what? They would help so many people. Yeah. I like that. Who are you shipping? That's a good team up. I was <laughs> thinking Samuel and Margaret because I think they probably... They were about the same age. I think Margaret was quite a bit older. Was she? I think. I can't tell how old anybody yeah. is. 1994, I think. Because I think he was like 18. She was like 34. <laughs> Just kidding. You yeah. guys can't see me sh- um, shrugging, but no, I don't I don't like that age difference. Um, I do like your pick. Yeah. All right. How are you going to survive? Ugh. I don't know yet. Do you have an idea? Oh, yeah. I'm just keeping Samuel with me everywhere we go. And he can just heal me. Whatever happens. <laughs> He's going to be your buddy. Yep. My buddy. <laughs> He's going to be my shadow. And we're going to get in adventures. And then anything that happens, whenever I get stabbed or shot, he's just going to go, I said, heal this man. And then I'll be healed. I like that. Well, I'm probably not going to be in Tennessee. And I'm definitely not going to a healing tent anywhere. Uh, They make me very scared. Basically a cult. Yeah, but it's a fun one. Where you get to sing and dance. All of them are fun ones at first. Uh Uh-uh. A lot of them are. I don't know. The one in uh, Midsommar. That one's just horrifying from the get i loved it it was beautiful old people jumping off of cliffs and yeah so good so beautiful minus the bear situation i'm gonna survive by never needing to be healed (laughs) (laughs) all right 18 episodes down yep we have now lasted as long as aliens in america a tv show that i actually watched and enjoyed it was ah was this extraterrestrial aliens, or is it like... No, it is a young Muslim student from Pakistan is sent to live with a Christian family in Wisconsin as part of a foreign exchange program. Oh, God, why send this poor person to Wisconsin? Yeah, I don't know. That's like a simplified thing, because it's not like the family is like, oh, we are Christian, you must conform to us. It's nothing like that. It's not even much of a fish-out-of-water thing. It's hmm. just, oh, this foreign exchange student is coming and living with us and going to our school, and everybody likes him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a weird description. It's, yeah, okay. a, it's a foreign exchange situation, but everybody likes him. Good. Yeah. And Altered Carbon, which I didn't watch, which is probably why it just got canceled. Yep, <laughs> because you... you Me specifically. the Nelson ratings. <laughs> because we don't have Netflix. Yep. Aw, boo us. And Enos. Which was a spinoff of Dukes of Hazard. Deputy Enos gets his own show. Great. Dukes of Hazard has been coming up a lot lately, and I have never seen it. I loved it as a child. Could not tell you if uh, it would hold up. I'm gonna tell you no, it won't. Definitely the flag on the hood on the top of the car. That doesn't hold up. And isn't the car basically the main character? No. It is. I've decided. It's, so It's not a talking car. I didn't say that. But aren't they always doing stuff like 
climbing in the windows of that car and jumping out of the windows of that the, car. The doors are welded shut, so you can't open the door and get That's it. why? Yeah. Why are the doors welded shut? Because it's a stock car. What? Aren't they sheriffs? No. No, they're outlaws. Are they? Yeah. I told you. What did I say at the beginning of this? <laughs> you never said that. <laughs> yeah, they're moonshiners. And they're racist moonshiners? They're not racist. Yes, they are. They have a Confederate flag on their car. <laughs> they're Southern by the grace of God. Ugh. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it was the late 70s. You can't, no. They're racist moonshiners. They are not racist. They are racist. They don't even know any black people. Oh my God. <laughs> there is one black person in all the entire show. Ugh. And it's the sheriff one county over. Because there are strict boundaries and strict laws regarding going into other counties. <laughs> so if the Dukes are in Hazard County, that's when Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane is after them. But if they go one county over, Sheriff... I was going to say Buford T. Justice, but that's Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, yeah, the Sheriff over there. I can't remember. He he goes after them. And then they have to get away. And they, get, they cross the county line, and the Sheriff stops on the county line. And he's like... I think that the black sheriff, like, begrudgingly respects them. Ugh. <laughs> and like, yeah. This is so gross. Why, why is it gross? Because they're racist moonshiners. <laughs> and they've written the black sheriff to begrudgingly respect them. That's but gross. You're the one saying that they're racist. They are racist! You don't, you've never seen the show. Look, I've lived in the South my whole life. And if you have a Confederate flag on any part of your car or body or home, you are a racist. I agree with that in 2021. It applies backwards. I think there was a time where it's bad and you shouldn't do it, but I understand that people probably wouldn't understand that. Ignorance is not an excuse. I'm not making excuses. That is an excuse. Where did you grow up? Indiana, where there's no racism, because it's the <laughs> North. Yes, I'm also really bored of that conversation. Ugh, gross. Well, now we have to go watch Dukes of Hazard. No, we don't. I need to see if it's good. It's not. I bet it is. I bet it isn't. But it's a lot of fun for a... Man, it came out... What year is that Scully book set in? 79? I think so. Yeah, so it came out when I was like two. So I watched it when I was like five. Five-year-olds are allowed to like rednecks driving cars. Yeah, I didn't say anything about five-year-olds. You I were said, judging me. No, I said the rednecks are racist. Yeah, I can feel your judgment. I said the, not even the rednecks, the guys driving around a car with a confederate flag on the hood are racist. It's on the roof. Fine. The hood of the car. The roof of the car. Why is that not the hood also? I don't know. Because I said, <laughs> I think I said hood at first too. <laughs> Ugh. It's the hood of the car. It's not the clan hood of the car. No! <laughs> okay, bye, guys. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at thecastfiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. 
music by Hal Six, logo by Anuka Art, that's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 